0: This recording is a production of Faith Builders Educational Programs. This presentation was recorded at REACH 2015, a conservative Anabaptist ministry convention hosted by Faith Builders on March 19 and 20, 2015. Avoiding overload and burnout. This is something that's close to my heart. I've been there and I've seen other people be there and it's really sad because these are people that have given their heart to to missions, to outreach, to, to other people. So, yeah, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, like I said, this is not theory for me. I've been the, the country representative of AMA for, for almost 30 years, and I've seen a lot of people come. And uh, some people, we were able to help them before they got to the critical point and had to go home and sometimes we, we messed up. I really think that missions, mission boards, mission directors, administrators, we need to think about people, we need to take, take care of people. Uh, the fact that you're here, the fact that this is a, a larger workshop means that either you care about, I'm going to guess, either somebody you know is struggling. Or you're struggling, or uh, you're responsible, responsible for people and want to keep them from struggling, or maybe you're saying, uh, there's some people that I need to take care of. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Uh, like I said, join the club, because uh, I've been there. I'll tell you some stories about myself. I want to encourage us to be good stewards, good stewards of the bodies that God has given us. I know one man said he used to think that he wants to burn out for the Lord, and he would work late, and then he decided maybe that wasn't so wise after all. We want to take good care of our bodies. I want you to, I want, one of my goals is to have you finish well. I know of too many people who moved to the mission field, and their plan was to stay there. This is a lifelong commitment. But we did something wrong, and we burned out and had to come back to the States. That's too bad. I want us to, to, to think about appropriate balance in all areas of our lives. Appropriate balance. That means uh, that we, our home life, our, all of life is, is, is balanced. We'll talk about that some more. That we be like Jesus in the way that we handle ministry pressures. Absolutely. A word picture. An overloaded pickup that eventually breaks down. You know, you can just always put something more on, put something more on, but the time will come when it's just too much. Overload and burnout. So think about an overloaded pickup that breaks down, or think about this one. A stretched rubber band. I did something interesting there. The first, the A rubber band, they're all the same out of the same box, the A one I stretched real far and then I let it go about 15 times a day. And I did that for 10 days and it was still pretty normal. The second one I stretched really long and put it over my file, file case and kept it that way for a long time and by the time I was at the end of the experiment it was stretched and it wasn't very useful anymore. So, the first idea, A, is if you, get, you can handle stress if it doesn't last too long, if you have breaks, if, if there's pause in between. But if you just stretch to the max and, and just hold it there, it's going to eventually no longer be useful. What good is a rubber band that is stretched and, and it just, that's the end of it? But then there was a third one. The, the C, I stretched as far as the others, and the third time it tore. And that to me says we're not all the same. Some of us have greater tolerance than others, but we all have limits. So that's what I learned there. The other idea of, of this um, overload and burnout is that you, that you take off running as though it was a 100-yard dash, not knowing that it's a 26-mile marathon. If you do that, then you'll never make it, and I want you to finish well. I want you to be able to pace yourself. I've been on the mission mission field 30 years, and I hope I have 15 years left. And I want to pace myself so that I can finish well. Isn't that what you want to do? Finish well. So that's, those are the pictures that I have. Did you know, maybe you're here thinking that if I'm a, a missionary or if I'm a pastor, that's something good and spiritual, so uh, that's not my problem. I'll never burn out. Well, I want to tell you, that if you think that just because you're a missionary, just because you're a preacher, that you're never going to burn out. Uh, Exhibit A is Elijah, Elijah. What happened to Elijah? He thought, he was sure, he was sure that, oh, I'm sorry, this doesn't work very well. A working definition of overload, it's just too much. And I don't know where this picture comes from, but all these people, the function is impaired. A working definition of burnout, it's a loss of enthusiasm, a loss of energy. Uh, You just can't keep up. That brings on mental, physical, emotional, all this stuff. I want to just tell you a little bit about my story. My wife and I went to El Salvador in 1985, and uh, we didn't have any children. About five months afterwards, our first set of twins were born, and then uh, we had another uh, Kevin, our, our middle son, and then we had younger twins. And so we had five children five and under for a while. Uh, and we lived at the, at the guest house, which was back then was kind of like the restaurant and, uh, and the hotel. And so when I look back and think about what we did, I just think it was crazy. And, uh, but the only way we made it is because we loved doing what we were doing. But we had limits. And I so well remember what it was like, and maybe some of you can identify with this. I remember, even today, I can't Mennonite your way. The thought of me going to someone else's house and imposing on them is just, is just repulsive because we had people come to our house to get away, but we didn't have any place to get away. We learned that, uh, I don't know why, but my wife somehow knew that we desperately needed a, an evening out. So we would look forward to Friday night when our whole family would go out to eat. Can you imagine that, a bunch of small children? Uh, we went out to eat, but it was, it was a desperate attempt. There was a few times in our, those first 10 years that we rented a hotel and we went somewhere just to get away because we were desperate for alone, for alone time. Um, and I never thought about the possibility that maybe we should buy a home of our own, but uh, that's another story. The symptoms, I, in 1996, I had a, had a bad accident. Uh, thinking back now, I think I was just so... So go go go! I was terribly busy, and then I was starting to teach. I was in the second week of a Bible Bible Institute, where I was teaching a class and commuting back and forth. And I remember the feeling. I really think what happened is that my brain kind of went to the max, and uh, it, it it messed with my uh, <laughs> with my reflexes. I slammed in the back of a pickup that was turning off. Uh, and I distinctly remember when I kind of gathered my 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 thoughts again. I said, "Oh, good! I don't have to teach tomorrow." Serious. I was just so so maxed out that uh, that's my story. When I'm when I'm that way, my eyes burn, even though it's not late at night. Uh, I'm a preacher. I love to preach. Usually the ideas just come to me just, as, just so fast I can't write them down fast enough. But for me, when uh, I sit down and my creative powers just don't work, it, it, I just can't bring it together, uh, that's the way it looked for me. Um, I wished I could rest. I was always thinking, after preaching this time I know I've got another assignment just coming up and I just can't keep up. Do you know anything about that feeling? of just? I, I'm trying desperately to keep up, but I can't keep up. Your brain doesn't work. You don't have any energy. You're always tired, and this is something else that you ought to know. You become cynical. When my wife says, "Arthur, don't you think you need some alone time?" Uh, there's a reason for that, because when you get when you're so stretched and so um, yeah, when you're so stretched, you uh, you can hardly keep up. I could tell you stories about other people on the mission field who we didn't find out in time. She didn't even tell her husband uh, about the racing thoughts, about the panic, and we did the best we could, but they needed to leave. Think about how sad that is for, for, for the kingdom. All of a sudden somebody needs to leave and you have an empty house. Uh, a minister that needs to be attended to, and there 's nobody to do that uh, I know about that. then you probably know about other other situations where uh, good plans i 'm going to be a self supported missionary uh, good plans that just didn 't work because for a variety of reasons, but it just it just didn 't last so I kind of Not sure where I'm at. Overload. Okay, this is where I wanted to tell you about Elijah. Okay. Elijah, you know the story of Elijah. He was deeply committed to God. He was determined. He thought his job description was to bring about a revival in uh, in Israel. But what happened? He misunderstood, he thought it was his job. And when, I really think what happened was that he got orchestrated this encounter and he thought, surely by now, the people from the palace would turn against Jezebel and would kill her or do something. But instead, when this man, these Israelite men come to him and give him a message from the queen, say, we're going to kill you, I think he, he flipped, I think he, he broke uh He had thought, he hoped, he planned, surely people will understand and they will no longer obey Jezebel, but they did. Um, What can we learn from uh, Elijah? That burnout can happen to, to good people. Elijah was a good man. I'm sure he was a strong man. He was a courageous man. He has to have had that, but it wasn't enough. Uh, he felt devastated because the people still didn't turn to God. He thought he was the only one, the only follower of God. You remember what he said? He said, "I'm the only one left." He didn't understand that God wasn't worried, and God had other people. Uh, he took too much weight of responsibility on himself. Those are all things that we can learn from. We can learn from. Uh, Okay My clicker is is rebellious. what's happening back there? Oh okay. okay what what did God do do for him? Well, God fed him, God let him sleep uh, and God arranged to have him meet him at a special place. you know if, if you're burned out, if you're struggling if you're uh, if you just can't keep up, or if someone that you're responsible for can't keep up, then please, it's okay to take care of our people. It's okay to take care of ourselves. Because the examples that I've given you, you know, if, if you don't tell anybody about the stress and the racing thoughts and that you can't keep up and that you're starting to panic, if you don't tell anybody about that, then nobody can help you and look over your shoulder and say, But Arthur, if you keep on doing this, uh, you're going to crash. Well, one of the good questions to always ask is, Can you keep up this pace? And if you can't keep up the pace, then we need to do something now because the deeper you go into the hole of burnout and depression and, uh, and overload, the longer it's going to take to get out and the harder it's going to be to get out. And so let's be honest. Uh, the people that yeah, let's be honest God gave Elijah time to recover and God confronted him and said no, you're not the only man I have 7,000 people who are deeply committed to me so you don't need to worry Elijah like you're the only one that's around and God gave Elijah a helper because Elijah did have too much and Elijah was getting older and so these are all things that that, uh, God clearly did But I want the last point to to stand out to you. The worker is just as important as the work. So if you ever have a compulsion, if you ever feel like, but I have to keep doing this because of the work, the work is so important, then just think, the person. If it's you or if it's someone else, we need to take care of the people too. Who's most vulnerable to, I don't know why. Caregivers, people who who really care about other people, sensitive people. Uh, Are you a sensitive person? If you are, you're someone who absorbs others' pain, others' others' tough difficulties. And so, uh, are you a minister? Are you a counselor? Do people come to you with their cares? If if you are, then you could easily be a a burnout person. Someone who embraces an insurmountable challenge. Um, Someone who says, I'm going to win everybody in York to the Lord, or uh, who embraces something big. If you own that challenge and if it's too big you can burn yourself out. Hospitality ministries. If you are in a ministry where you are just always hosting, that can wear you out. My guess is that at a guest, guest house, uh, you're going to need to have turnover because you just, get, you just can't handle forever taking care of people, taking care of people. But then there's also the issue of people who have, who have a job description and gifts that don't match. We had a missionary in El Salvador who told me at the end of his two years, he said, never once did I feel like I was doing anything that matched my gifts. How sad. I mean... He has, he has gone on to find ministry and, and to do something for the Lord. He's in ministry. But I just felt so sad. And he told me that at the end of two years. But, uh, yeah. And those who are on the front lines, there really is an issue of a spiritual warfare. In El Salvador, we have, we've had a handful of people need to leave the field from one area. My suspicion is that yes, uh, there's multiple factors, but my sense is that we could easily be there could easily be an element of spiritual warfare of people in the community, the witches in the community doing what they can to wear down the missionary. That doesn't mean that that uh, If there's witches doing something like that, that we are forced to, that that burnout is going to be inevitable. It just means you have to be really careful to live principled lives and not let this, uh, and not be careless, because I don't believe that our enemy can do anything he wants to. I think he does what he can, but uh, he can't do more than what God lets him. So. Having said that, let's keep going. The first source of overload and burnout is outside of me. In the workplace, uh, in other words, overload and burnout can come from outside of me or it can come from inside of me, talking first now about uh, outside of me. In the workplace, conflicts with people, that's a big one, conflicts with people. I remember one time when I was in a situation where my wife and I were having a, di- a struggle with, with a single worker that lived in our house, this was a long time ago, don't try to figure out who it was, uh, but I just felt so exhausted, I couldn't, that conflict just took all my energy away, um, that can happen, too much responsibility. If you need to do this and, and if you just stretch too thin, you won't have the margin that you need. And if there's no breaks, remember what I told you about the, the, the uh, rubber band? You can stretch pretty far. But if it doesn't last long, that rubber band won't, won't tear. But it's that long, uninterrupted, no breaks, just barely, barely keeping up. And I really think that's what happened to me just before my accident, that uh, I was so stressed out That my brain quit working, and I had an accident. The Lord was gracious; I didn't kill myself. The second source is is beliefs about myself, beliefs about God. You know, if you have the idea that you have to do things to keep God happy, then uh, you're going to have internal compulsions that you just Try to do more and try to do more. Um, does God give you permission to take a break? He does? Okay. Well, good. There's a few people who have, have permission from God to take a break. Uh, the Bible talks about one day in seven. Is, that, is there a reason for that? Yeah. Someone said, you can break that law, except you don't break the law, you break yourself because the law uh, continues. And so, you really do need breaks. If you're you're in intense ministry, then you need to have a break sometimes. And beliefs about myself. Do you think that, that it's wrong to say no? If you're the kind of person that anybody can come to you and say, can you teach my Sunday school class? Can you do this? Can you babysit the children? Can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, I'll do it. I don't know how, but I'll do it. If you're that kind of a person, then you're a burnout candidate because you need to have the ability to, to say, I would love to, understand my heart, I'd love to, but I can't. You need to know that when you say, say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. If I, if I go to Santana... This afternoon, I can't do something else in San Salvador, you just can't do that. You, you, if you're saying yes to one thing, uh, you're saying no to something else. If you're, some of us never earned, never, our parents never gave us approval. And if you today are trying to do superhuman work and to do lots of things and to somehow gain our parents' approval. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> and maybe you're a perfectionist. Maybe you're someone who, who it's not good enough, and you keep going and keep going and keep going, and you just run yourself into the ground. So what can you do to decrease the chances of overload and burnout? Well, be alert to the symptoms. Think about them. Think about the symptoms. When I talk about a headache, when I talk about uh, racing thoughts, when I talk about not being able to go to sleep at night, uh, do any of those things ring a bell? I hope not. But if they do, then uh, you need to be honest with yourself. Maybe the Lord brought you to this workshop for you to take care of yourself, or maybe it's for for you to take care of other people. If you notice somebody in your organization that is kind of snappy, kind of uh, cynical, there could be a reason for that. It it might just be that 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 is, that maybe they don't have the words for it, but maybe they are just maxed out. Make sure that uh, we talk about paced living. Look for the symptoms in yourself. Talk about it. If if you can can identify with the things that I'm saying, then make it okay for for the people under under you to to talk about their stuff. When a leader says, I'm getting too close to the edge. And by the way, that experience that I had, uh, I've learned my lesson. I don't want to have another accident. So I've memorized the feeling, and I'm saying, okay, when I start feeling I can't think, I can't process uh, racing thoughts, and I I have this this desperate feeling of I can't keep up, then I need to do what is counterintuitive. I need to back off and say, okay. And did you know that if you're so tired that you can't can't, uh, get your work done anyway, then why sit there at your desk and keep trying? why not get some rest which is what god told told god gave elijah 3 days of rest isn't that a good deal i think so so ask yourself the question can you can you sustain this pace if you're feeling maxed out and like you can't keep up then you should be thinking i don't think i can keep up this pace and just because of the ministry, you need to say, "I'm sorry," but uh, the question—if I'm going to—the question is not, "Am I going to crash?" The question is, "When am I going to crash?" If I keep on doing this, uh, and so let's be careful, and, and let's—it's so much easier to to recover from brown out or when when we're starting to not function well. It's so much easier to recover from that than full-fledged burnout. Full-fledged burnout can take months. And for some people it's years, depending how long you waited. And so I'm just saying it makes more sense to catch it before you get that far. Be open to others. I'm on a clinic board. And we ask at every meeting. We ask, or almost every meeting, we ask each other, "How are you doing?" I'm doing pretty good. Um, I haven't been sleeping well. I and we we take care of each other. That's what you've got to do if you don't want this thing to go go downhill. Do you have a therapeutic hobby? You ought to have a hobby. You ought to have something that doesn't, I mean, if you're a missionary, you just think you, you ought to be doing something good for the Lord and something like that. But some of the most therapeutic things that I've done are take a camera. That, that, that's, that is what it is for me. And I go off and I take pictures. Uh, and it just just, a couple hours rejuvenates me. I don't know what it is for you but you've got to have something that gives back to you. I have lots of a good idea, I have lots of books that I want to read, but did you know that I'm learning to say, okay, Arthur, is this fun or is this work? It's work, okay, then uh, if, if reading is, is fun, if the book that you're wanting to read is fun and you're looking forward to it, that's fine, that counts. But if it's, if it's work reading, then, and you're getting toward the edge, then you need to do something about it. And that's the question. What, what do I find restorative and invigorating? Work hard to match. Remember, gifts and jobs. Try to match that. Taking care of the person is more, is more important. If you're struggling, don't keep doing the same thing and hope that it gets better. Someone talked about this. If you're you're going downhill, and if you're starting to go into this cynical uh, racing thoughts, I can't keep up, if you're doing that, then probably you should be thinking, okay, if I keep on doing this, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. What am I going to do to make so that it's better? You need to do that. Remember, the deeper you get, the longer it takes to get out. Ask yourself the question, why do I feel these compulsions? Because it doesn't come from God. Michael Hyatt talks about the idea of different bank accounts where he tries to balance all of these areas. My relationship with God. Uh, My marriage, my family, my job, my finances, my physical... Every area. Suppose my relationship with God is really good, but physically I'm falling apart. That's not balance. Suppose my job is going wonderfully, I'm making lots of money, but my marriage is falling apart. That's not good. So we're talking about balance in all areas of life. Uh, Maybe you have a really good marriage, but you're not not putting bread on the table. That wouldn't be balance either. We're talking about uh, balance. What can we learn from Jesus about avoiding burnout? Well, do you remember when Jesus was out praying and his disciples said, you've got to come now because if you don't come, the people are there waiting on you. Well, if people come to your church and want to listen to you, doesn't that constitute that you've got to go? Jesus said, I'm sorry, but I need to go to the next village. So I'm seeing that Jesus uh, Jesus knew what was happening, and he said, I'm sorry, but I, I need to go to the next village. He could politely say no. Jesus wasn't a people pleaser. Jesus planned for times to recuperate after intense ministry. Do you remember the time that um, um, Jesus fed the 5,000? No. They were, the, the people had just come back. His disciples had just come back from a couple of weeks of, of doing ministry two, two by two. And Jesus wanted to go off by himself to, to do debriefing. And then the, and so Jesus planned after the intensity of ministry to have some alone time and some quiet time and some evaluation time. But then the people came and he went ahead and uh, uh, Jesus went ahead and, and, and fed the 5,000. So you see both, both ideas. It's the idea of Jesus listening to God, whether this is a planned encounter by God, and you see Jesus planning to have alone time, But then you have Jesus being flexible. So I think those are all really good things. Jesus focused on equipping 12 people rather than doing 12 people's work. That's good. That's important. Jesus knew his ministry and he avoided detours. Jesus said at the end of his life, I finished what God wanted me to do. So he wasn't a a people pleaser. I guess we've talked about some of these things already. So I'm getting close to winding down, but I'm going to want to hear from you about your experience and your questions. So if, if you started to feel some of these things that I talked about, can't sleep at night, uh, racing thoughts, being cynical, uh, being hard to get along with, can't keep up, if, you, if you've experienced all these kinds of things, then uh, you ought to sit up and take notice. You ought to be asking the question, can I keep this up? And just remember, you can't do everything. You've got to choose. You might have to ask for help. Ask someone outside of you. uh, Maybe you need to ask a minister or a friend or someone, say, hey, look, this is what I'm feeling. Help me figure this thing out. Because I've seen people who didn't know what to do, and because they didn't know what to do, they kept on doing the same thing and they crashed so c- humble yourself and get somebody to ask somebody to help you because you need you need uh, you might not be able to figure out by by yourself and if you have too much to do then you might just have to you might just have to to pull back coming back to the why of what you're doing, keeping that clearly in perspective. I'd like to pray with you, and then uh, how many minutes do I have left? Ten. Okay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there's a bunch of us here this morning, uh, this afternoon, and it means that we either... Are struggling ourselves or people we know and care about are struggling and uh, or maybe there's people under under us yes, that, that are just not doing well and we're wondering do I ask do I uh, yeah do I become involved father I pray that this little presentation and the conversation that's going to happen next I pray that it will enable us to to think and to do what's most important and to take care of our people and to not somehow get trapped in this I've got to keep going even though I can't keep going. And Lord, I just pray for the, the people that brought us to this place. I pray that you would renew and that you would restore. I pray that you would give hope to people. And I pray that those people who are really struggling would be able to find caring people around them to to help them. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. This is your chance to ask questions, to share observations. What I want to do is for it to be okay to talk about this stuff and to realize that if you're struggling, you're not the only person. And by sharing my story, I wanted you to know that this is not something that I just did, I didn't just put this presentation together in a, in a cold, unfeeling way. Okay. I very much know what it's like to be on the edge. Do some of you want to talk? Yes. Uh, you have I would try to help them with the with the external, external whatever we call them, and the internal things. What is it that you seem you seem I'm just making this up. You seem to be really to have a compulsion with having to keep doing more. What would happen if you didn't? Uh, Are you trying to please someone? could you give part of your job, job away? What would you do? Did you have any more comments? Well, it's more than you, know, you have a, a family on the field that burns out They come home, but then how do you help them find that place? Okay, okay. So he says, this is not theory, he says, I'm thinking of a family who was on the field who couldn't it was too much. We bring them back, but just by bringing them back, by moving them from one place to another, doesn't fix the problem. I know one place where they, um, uh, they had a support group. They, uh, yeah, they had a support group where they talked about stuff and they kind of helped them walk through what it means to be, to come back to, to a home community but it's not easy. And I'm guessing that it didn't take anything less than six months or a year for them to feel like they have energy again. Or am I wrong? We're still in it, okay. It takes a long time. And that's why it's so terribly important to see the symptoms and to be strategic and say we're gonna stop this. Because I'm talking about personal experience. I've seen where we didn't catch it in time the people had to leave the field. people who loved El Salvador, who needed uh, yeah who loved El Salvador, who were making a positive contribution, but who needed to leave because we didn't catch it in time other questions, comments yes you jump in. I think you should jump in as soon as. Er- Jump in. Well, see, I don't know if you're in a position of responsibility, but if you're a, uh, if, if you said coworker, So I think I would just say, I, maybe I'm all wrong, but it seems to me like, like maybe you're not enjoying yourself as much as you used to. It, it feels to me like, like maybe uh, yeah, you're not enjoying yourself as much, and I see that you're more stressed out. Or am I just all wrong? No, that's probably true. So uh, this is fictitious, but, but you're trying to give, you're caring enough to, to ask. And there's a lot of times when people don't know who to ask. They don't know where to go for help. And if you, the coworker, ask a few questions, there's a good chance they'll unload on you. And then you need to take this seriously and you find help. Because it would be horrible. It would be horrible for me to ask somebody and they say, yeah, I'm struggling. I'm not doing very well. I'm about to fall apart. And you say, thank you very much. You never do anything. But I'm pleading for people who care, who notice some stuff, cynical, no joy, methodical, all those things, just say, how's it going? Seems to me like, Thing, uh, am I wrong, but it seems to me that like things aren't going quite as well. Tell me about it. I really care. May I find help for you? That's what I want. Yes? Are there some tools that you have that you see where people are on scale That's interesting. Let me, I'm not sure if I talked about it or not. There's my email address. We in El Salvador, after we sent a a family home, we put together a list of 150, 150, I won't tell you how many, but a a whole bunch of uh, missionaries, cross-cultural stress somethings. I don't remember what we called it. We put together a lot, a lot of those. And so it's not quite what you're saying, but it could work as as a, a... Check this off and tell us what's most stressful for you. And then it could give you a, a chance to, to uh, yeah, it could give you a chance to, uh, to talk about this stuff. Someone else? Yes? By email? Okay. What was that again? Missionary? Missionary member care team. (coughs) She says it was very helpful to them. Yes. One other, uh, very similar to that, uh, alongside care again. Belong? Alongside. Alongside care. Okay. Thank you. So please, if it's you, ask for help. If it's someone else, dare to ask. Dare to be nosy. Because they'll thank you for it. Thank you very much. We're done. This recording and many others are available through Christian Learning Resource, the Campus Bookstore at Faith Builders. Order online at www.christianlearning.org or call 877